Welcome to the Darkest Web podcast, in which we go behind the scenes with journalist Peter Green. Peter's been reporting out a series of articles for a partnership between Vice and AMC about how innocent Americans get caught up in shadow economies controlled by ruthless global criminal gangs. AMC's new original drama, McMafia, follows Alex Godman, the son of Russian exiles, as he struggles to escape the shadow of his family's mafia past. In this episode, we talk to Peter about how a piece of candy can feed not only your hunger, but the invisible hand of a global crime organization. Well, the first thing to understand about a shadow economy is that everybody takes part in the shadow economy. When you tip a waiter in cash, the odds are that not all of that cash is going to be reported to the IRS. And that's where the shadow economy begins. It's the unrecorded economic activity that comes from people making payments in cash or in kind and not reporting that to the tax authorities. The underground economy can be pretty huge, and people who take advantage of it can often be people who have reasons that they cannot appear in the legitimate economy. They may be illegal immigrants. They may be working off the books uh, while they're working somewhere else or while they're receiving some kind of a payment in some other form. They may be doing some kind of illegal activity. They may be doing something they think is perfectly legal, but that their boss is trying to hide from somebody else. So the shadow economy can be everywhere. And it involves money moving around in untraceable ways or difficult to trace ways. One of the interesting things is that ethnic communities come into America often as strivers. They want to work hard, they want to advance, but they don't know the language, they don't know the rules, and very often we've had a history of continual ethnic prejudice where the law won't protect the newest comers. Um, you know, 150 years ago it was the Germans didn't care for the Irish. Uh, you know, after that, the Irish didn't care for the Italians. And if you were an Italian, the cops were all Irish. You had to pay them off to just sell your wares from a legal pushcart. You know, the, the cycles keep going. And so you have both the regular above-ground economy that preys on new immigrants, people who don't know the law. With that, you also have their own communities that prey on them. Who knows the best about which Albanian pizzerias in New York are paying people off the books, are employing people who don't have residency permits here, have gone to uh, the wrong fixer to get their permit for the smokestack for their uh, pizza oven. Well, other people in the Albanian community, the word gets around and then it becomes the Albanians who extort the Albanians. And the more closely knit the community is, the more exotic their language or their culture is in relation to what's become mainstream in the U.S., the harder it is for these people to interact with authorities. Go to City Hall and find someone who speaks Albanian. Not easy. Uh, and also the harder it is for regulators, police, etc., to monitor these communities and even to offer help because they don't understand what's going on. This is the problem. We don't have a sonar that can tell us how many sharks are circling below the surface. We can only find them when you see their fins above the water or when they jump and they bite you. One of the most delicious things I discovered as I was doing my research into this was how widespread food theft is. Think about it for a moment. If you steal some food, there's always a ready market for it. The goods disappear instantly. You get cash for it. And there's no way anybody can tell that this tomato that was part of a load that you stole from a farm in Florida is the tomato that's ending up in your pizza. There's no way to track it. That doesn't happen with electronics. It doesn't happen with diamonds. It sure doesn't happen with credit cards. Food 
makers, food growers in particular, are completely unready to protect themselves against theft. So you will have tomato growers will fill a truck with tomatoes, and the truck will sit there overnight until the next morning when somebody's supposed to come and pick it up. Well, this happened in South Florida recently. Uh, some gang came and took five trucks of tomatoes that were waiting at a farm and just literally drove them off. They found the trucks a couple of days later in another part of the country. The tomatoes were gone. Who knows where they went? They could be in your salad bar. They could be in uh, big consumer brands ketchup. No idea where they went, and there's no way to trace them. You know, one of the things that's common to food theft, like any other kind of theft, is that people look for the most valuable, easiest to move, least traceable things that take up the smallest amount of space. That's why people like stealing diamonds. The problem with stealing diamonds is you got to fence them. That's why people like stealing money electronically because you don't have to carry it. But again, you might get caught. It's traceable. With food, the best things to steal are things like pecans and almonds. Very valuable by the pound, easy to transport, easy to get rid of. A couple of summers ago, there was a rash of thefts around New York. People were going into the larger convenience stores and uh, drug stores that had big freezers at the back filled with ice cream. Guy would walk in with a duffel bag. There was dry ice in the duffel bag. He'd come in at night when the store was understaffed. He'd have an accomplice. There was one guy, he had six accomplices, including four children, who would flood the front of the store in the candy counter, distracting the staff, asking questions about this ointment or that cream or this price. He'd stuff his bag with uh, 200 or more pints of ice cream and flee out the back of the store. And he'd sell the ice cream to smaller shops and bodegas that didn't really care where it came from. And they could retail it for a dollar less than they were selling the ice cream that they'd gotten from the distributor. It moved like hotcakes, and everybody got rich, except, of course, the store it was stolen from. They finally busted some of these gangs when one grocery store chain offered a $5,000 reward for information leading to the suspects, and they caught a couple of people who had done this. I mean, who'd have thunk you could steal ice cream in a duffel bag? We're listening to Peter Green, who wrote about the real-life exploits of global crime organizations with tentacles that stretch out into our everyday lives. Just like the characters in McMafia, a new original drama from AMC, we see how even small cases of food theft can attract major criminals with a taste for easy profits. The story of the Shalai Enterprise is kind of amazing. They had a network that ranged from New York to Florida to Las Vegas of various kinds of often interlocking criminal schemes from running illegal cigarettes into New York and New Jersey and selling them to uh, other distributors who would then sell them in the bodegas around the city to skimming ATMs. And they actually bought a Las Vegas slot machine, dismantled it, had their scientists analyze the random number generator on the circuit board, and then had a very intricate scheme where their players in the casinos had a smartphone with a direct line back to the scientist who would tell them exactly when to place a bet for the maximum payout. They had amazing schemes. They had a poker house in Brooklyn where there were illegal, very high-stakes poker games, and if you welched on your debts or you bet too much and you couldn't pay up, they'd take you into another room and beat the bejesus out of you. They had protection rackets going for prostitutes. They had machinery to manufacture ID cards, driver's licenses, and credit cards. They had another scheme where they had a bunch of women 
who were honey traps. They would meet men in bars, literally take them someplace, chloroform them, and steal their wallets with all their credit cards and their cash. You name it, from high-tech to the lowest form of thuggery. But what brought them down was a really ingenious scheme. You wouldn't think this, but in the world of goods transport, if you're trying to transport merchandise from one place to another, a lot of companies now try to take advantage of the market by bidding out every step of the transportation individually. So if you have a small trucking company and you register it and you have an insurance card and an email address and a website and whatever, and you look like a legit business, you put in a bid to say, you know, to XYZ Corporation, sure, I'll transport a truckload of stuff from Georgia to New York for you on Wednesday in an 18-wheeler, and it'll be there by Friday, and I'll do it for this price. If you're a smart crook, you underbid everybody else. You automatically win the contract because what supervisor doesn't like to tell his boss that he's got the best price for it? And heck, it's only an 18-wheeler driving 1,000 miles up the interstate. What could go wrong? They picked up 10,000 peanut butter cups in a truck and drove it, instead of driving it to the distributor in New York they're supposed to drive it to, they drove it to a warehouse in Brooklyn that one of their associates owned. And there they were going to break it down and sell it to a guy who was going to distribute it to delis and bodegas around New York City. The only problem is that the guy who they were selling it to had already been caught by the feds doing something else. He was wearing a wire and the feds raided the warehouse and caught all these crooks and the chocolate. At the end of the day, food theft is a business. So the opportunities arise when there's a greater opportunity for profit or when your clients need to make a bigger margin to get by. One of the things we've been seeing in urban areas around this country is steep rise in retail rent. So a lot of restaurants that have been around for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, their leases are up and the renewals are coming in at four or five times what they used to pay. The pressure on these restaurants to cut the cost of what goes into their food, cut their margins, and still not raise their prices high enough to drive away customers is intense. That creates a ready market for stolen foodstuffs. McMafia is a new AMC original drama based on Misha Glennie's groundbreaking study of global organized crime. Tune in for all the shady deals between international criminals, money launderers, and corrupt politicians and their bloody consequences on February 26th on AMC at 10, 9 central. 